for most people, like if you're looking B2B prospecting, you got to get creative with it. And, uh, to me, the, the, the thing that, the thing that allows you to drive, uh, conversion is one really, really important word and that's trust. And the only way to build trust is, is through time. Like really, that's like the, the core of what it is. You can borrow trust from a referral, right? Like you can build a good referral program. And then if this person that that person already trusts says that you're credible, then you get to borrow some trust, but you still don't earn the trust with that person unless you deliver on what that person said that you could do for that other person. Does that right. make sense? So like the only real way to build trust with somebody is time. Like you have to be able to spend time with people, which is another reason to have a show because people can spend time with, again, somebody's spending time with me right now while we're talking. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that gets you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Travis Chappell, the founder of Guestio. Travis and Travis makes friends. Uh, he's actually has an app that has paid out $400,000 to their providers. So let's get into it. Why should anybody podcast ever? <laughs> That's a great first question. Um, man, where do I start? I always tell people, especially in recessionary time periods, man, there's a few things that recessions can't take from you. Yeah. They can't take knowledge or competency, right? Your skill set. They can't take connections, your relationships, the network that you built, and they can't take audience, the the people who follow you, the people who know, like, and trust you, and the people who are going to win biggest in whatever downturn, recession, whatever's going to happen soon, um, are the people with the biggest audiences and who do the best content, who have the best podcasts. Gary Vee is not going to struggle during this downturn. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> you know, uh, like those, like those guys, there's not, they're not going to, they're not going to struggle. They have built-in distribution engines that, that function as their like free marketing essentially. And so, um, the number one reason to start a podcast is for that, because I, I'm a big fan of like doing action now that my 10 year from now self will thank me for. Well, and, uh, that's one of those things that if you, if, if anybody right now, if you could be like, man, if I could go back to 2013 and start a podcast, I would absolutely do it. It's like, you don't think it's going to be the same way in 2033. You know what I mean? Like we're still very much at the beginning of this thing. So like start now so that you'd be thankful in 10 years. And then if you have an audience built by then, which you will, if you could, if you continue putting out quality, consistent content over that 10 year period, you will have an audience. The size of that audience, I don't know, but you will have one. That's better than not having one. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. hands down better. So, uh, the audience is the first thing, but then it also brings you the skill set and the competency and the knowledge. Like I've learned more from interviewing people on my show than I have by all the books and audiobooks and everything else that I read, because I get to ask selfish questions. I get to talk to people directly and get essentially free coaching on a podcast interview, uh, with people that would charge, you know, literally 20, 50, a hundred thousand dollars for, for, uh, for a coaching session. Um, so I get all that for free. I get to download knowledge and information. And then the, the last one, the biggest one is the connections, dude, the, the connections and the networking that you get. I mean, I'll be able to have conversations with Shaquille O'Neal and Paul Pierce and Rob Deerdeck and, in in Molly Bloom and Grant Cardone, like all the people that 
that five years ago, if you would have told me I was going to meet them, I'd be psyched, let alone like have a full conversation with them and watch them post my stuff on social media and be able to leverage their names in like our business development conversations because we actually have genuine connections with them then. You know what I mean? So uh, the connections are, are the most powerful thing. The network is really powerful. The audience is really powerful. Plus the fourth thing is content. Oh. Content isn't part of the recession thing, but it's one of the things the podcast gets you is content. It's like, it's everybody knows they got to create content, but it's like the thing that's on everybody's calendar. That's the biggest pain in there. You know what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you nobody likes to just, list. yeah, you don't want to just like sit in front of a camera and talk, you know what I mean? But if you do a podcast, you just commit an hour a week to doing the podcast and you can clip that up into 25 different pieces of content, graphics, quotes, uh, blog posts, uh, newsletter uh, 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 sends, uh, and then 15 clips, reels for IG, for Facebook, for TikTok, for YouTube, all coming from a single podcast episode. It's the engine that drives your entire content strategy. So it's the easiest way to create content if you're not a full-time content creator. So there's four reasons right there. Man, those are, those are killer reasons. I, you know, I, I'm a content guy, so I always, you know, default to number four, where I'm like, man, content, especially if you, you're not good at content, you've never done content. Like, there's nothing easier than recording a conversation you have with a person. Like, you yep. can't, you don't even need a structure. And and to your other point, where it's like, hey, if you do it now, no matter <laughs> you say good quality content, it doesn't even need to be good content half the time because if you're just consistent at doing literally anything people will eventually find you and well, and you'll eventually get better right yes and like, you get better it's like well i'm not good but it's like right yeah because you're done not it before. <laughs> <laughs> you probably suck at it just like i did just like you did just like everybody else did when we all first started you want some uh, entertainment go back if it's still there i'm sure it is go back and watch gary v's wine library um right. his first few wine library episodes where there's like 12 there was like you know 217 views on these videos and he's just this awkward dude talking about tasting wine. Like everybody starts somewhere and you're never going to get good if you never start. So just start doing it. And if you do it, if you commit to consistency, the quality will increase. You know okay. what I mean? So well, and it, take, it's, take the first step. Well, and even the, the bad quality is just part of the process because it, it'll right. teach you like, hey, here's what people like. Here's how to get, you know, your guests to respond to a question. Here's how to yeah. you know, X, Y, and Z. And just for me personally, like I, I think last year I did 120 podcasts and I had never done more than maybe like a dozen in a year. And so I went from like being okay to now it's like compliments on your style. And I'm like, holy crap. Right. I don't know right. how that happened because I'm terrible with people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I fifth C, be. bro. <laughs> Communication is the fifth C. When I, when I always, when I teach it, it's like the five C's, like five C's why you should start a podcast. Oh, yeah. It's like the competency and the, uh, the connections and the content. But then the, the, the fifth one that we didn't talk about is the communication, which is like your overall uh, communication skill improves and communications are arguably the most important skill that any leader, any marketer, um, can learn is oh, yeah. better communication. It comes out in your copy, comes out in your VSLs, it comes out in your webinars, everything that you're doing to, to build, grow, sell stuff in your business stems from your ability or lack thereof to communicate. No, and that's, uh, I love the, the five C's too. I mean, that's, that's a great point to just remind yourself about it because I think people get into the, the drudgery of making it happen. And then they post their first two, the first five, the first 10, they're like, oh, I'm not getting any people to download and nothing's happening. And it's like, of course it's not happening. You know yeah. how many impressions you have from any brand in order to make a purchase? It's probably right. like Cosm, you know, of our, our experts 
It's like 500. That's how many impressions you have to make. So get to work. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The nice thing about it is it compounds, right? It compounds over time. It's like we have over 800 episodes of my show out there now. Wow. So at any given second, while you and I are live on this conversation, somebody somewhere in the world is listening to me talk on an episode that I did in 2018. You know I mean? Oh yeah. And got amazing results from following what you talked about and, yeah. you know, discovered the whole thing. I mean, there's nothing better for me because I read a lot of, of books. And so if I find out that a book series is out and I'm like, oh, how many books are there? Because I need to read all of them. And it'll be like, recently I found an author and, and he had 30, 30 books. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have like 400 hours of content to listen to. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, so building, but starting today is the important part. So yes, let's just talk about kind of, uh, you know, the channel creation. Cause a lot of people kind of overthink the branding of a podcast and are like, well, I really need to think about the name. I need to think about like what I'm going to talk about and what do I make the first episode about? Um, how do you get people rolling past that and in, into just production? Yeah. Well, I, I agree that there should be some strategy. Um, but not to the extent that it makes you procrastinate. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you want the show to do well, you're not just going to like start it and happenstance your way into it. Uh, all the best people I know hired a coach. I hired a coach. I was in a podcast mastermind. I did like, I did as much research as I could. Um, but if you know that you're the type of person that's just going to continue using that as an excuse and to procrastinate, then forget about all of that. Start a show and call it Travis's podcast. And start doing interviews. I always recommend starting with interviews oh, um, sure. because if you if you suck at content, interviews will put the focus on your guest and not you. You know what I mean? Now, interviewing is a very difficult skill set to learn by itself, um, but you can get away with it more if you ask if you bring on people on your show who've been on a bunch of shows. Oh. It's kind of a little bit of a of a hack. There is like, well, if this person's been on a hundred podcasts before, they probably know how to answer questions in a way that's going to allow me to not have to talk as much. Oh. So, like, <laughs> I have these like fifteen questions. I'm just going to stick to the script. Hope that they tell a bunch of good stories, and if with any luck. I'll end up with 30 minutes of content, 90% of it's them talking, 10% of it's me talking, but I did my first episode. Let's release it. Let's get it out there. Um, so it's, it's much more important just to get started, uh, than it is to worry about everything else. Um, but I'd still recommend like, you know, have a strategy, have a strategy from the beginning. Um, and if you, if you don't, you're just going to do it in six months from now anyway. So, you know, we're just gonna have to take a, take a pivot, take a rebrand, um, which we just did. Um, my show was called Build Your Network for 800 episodes. And now it's called Travis Makes Friends because we wanted to rebrand and we did a pivot. And that was yeah. after five and a half years of creating content and a million downloads. You know what I mean? So like you can always, you can always switch and pivot at a later date, but if you don't ever start, there's nothing to pivot and there's no feedback. It's like everybody knows about finding product market fit when you're building a product, when you're testing software, when you have this new unique idea, your your goal is to find the, the, the market that's going to, um, you know, use and utilize the product and be willing to pay for it. Product market fit, we talk about all the time. There's like entire lecture series and books and everything about product. But nobody talks about that when it comes to your content. Uh -huh. You gotta find content market fit too. It's the very, it's, it's very, very similar. Now uh, the problem or the, the nice thing about it is that like in order for me to test software, it costs me a lot of money because I'm not a coder. To test a piece of content is just a little bit of my time uh -huh. and throwing it out on all these free channels. 
You know what I mean? So, um, you know, just, just start, man, just freaking start. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point. And that's, that's kind of where I was at, you know, digital market, we teach strategies and we're talking about your product market fit, your customer avatar, you know, it's the journey you're taking people on throughout your buying yep. process. And, you know, the thing with content and specifically podcasts is it can actually support every stage of the process that you have from, you know, your current customers, past customers, yep. future customers, it's all there. And the content allows you to make, you know, impressions as soon as possible. And actually, I liked how you talked about Gary B and saying like, hey, go look at his original videos. And, and if you, you know, if you're still on the edge of like, should I make a podcast, you know, just find, I, I like YouTube, I'm on YouTube like 24 seven. So I'm like, go on to YouTube, look at their channel and sort of by the start date and you'll see their original videos and they're going to be terrible, you know? Yep. And then if yep. they're not terrible, it's just because they did that on a previous channel and that's exactly made the mistakes. It that totally works. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, like you go back and listen to my first few episodes, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know what happened to my RSS feed one time, but like the first 17 or 18 episodes got deleted, but you can still go all the way back to like episode 18 or 19 or something on my feed. And it's, I'm bad. <laughs> it's not good. It's not, it's not good, but, uh, you know, you stick with it and you end up getting some interesting people on and then it becomes a little bit more entertaining over time. That's awesome. Let's talk real quick about uh, just some tips on getting people onto the show. Because I think that's, sure. you know, like you said, the interviewing. And I've actually, I go back and forth because sometimes I'll tell people, I'm like, well, you could do a solo podcast, especially if you have existing content. Like, let's say you wrote an article, you know, you could just script out the article and essentially deliver it. And that could be your podcast episode. But yeah. most people default to the interviews. Um, yeah. So in terms of that first batch, and let's say it's not somebody who's completely new, they've done a podcast. Uh, now they're looking to up-level their guests. Uh, what are some tips in terms of making that happen? Well, shameless plug, but you can go to guestio.com and just pay for some interviews. Um, that was the reason okay. we built it is that I was started to become known in my space for like reaching out and getting good guests. And I built a few trainings on it and we put out courses and book and all this other stuff on like how to get in contact with people that are difficult to get in contact with. The problem is, is that it's a lot of hard work <laughs> and most people don't either don't want to do it or don't have the time to do it, which I understand because a lot of people are running businesses and they, you know, you're running a $12 million business and you have 74 employees. It's difficult to spend 20 hours a week doing guest outreach. So, um, if, if that's you, that's why we created Guestio. Cause then you can just go in there and just pay for your first like five to six interviews that are all very high, highly like, you know, recognized or well-known people. Um, you know, pay a few thousand bucks, get some big names on. And then the big name, like that's really the core of what I'm getting to is like, you got to have those anchor names, anchor guests. If you don't have a big name, you have to attach yourself to big names in order to get other big names to say yes, without making them do further research. Cause that's the whole key is like, when you're reaching out to people who have, who, whose, whose time is in scarcity, you cannot give them extra things to do with their time to figure out if you're worth spending some of their time with, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. They're just going to ignore it. So now when I reach out, it's a little bit easier for me than it was when I started six years ago, because I can reach out to somebody with 2 million followers and just be like, yeah, I had Shaq on my show and Rob, and then they go to my, my Instagram profile and see that Shaq still follows me from that. Like they, you know, I, I had Rob Deerdeck and all these other people. So when I go on into their DMs and I say, Hey, you know, we'd love to bring you on the show. Here's a couple of people I've had on. They don't have to, they don't have to go to Google. They don't have to do, they don't have to go ask a third party. They don't have to go confirm all of these things. All they have to do is look at my profile and go like, oh, that's him and Shaq. Okay. Yeah. Cool. When do you want to do this? You know what I mean? So 
again, if you're just getting started, you don't have Shaq on your show. Um, But you can pay for a few or you can leverage some connections maybe in your existing network. But if you're starting from complete scratch like I was starting from, then then a lot of times you got to be willing to pay to play if you want to do it faster. Now, you can do the time thing where you just DM 100 people. You can go crazy, man. Like I, I had a lot of success just like re- randomly reaching out, Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs, uh, Facebook uh, messages, um, you know, uh, just cold emails. I, I would scrape emails from people's website and just reach out to them. Um, the, 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 there'll, there'll come a point where the, the scale starts to tip, right? Because at the beginning, it's a lot of like you sending messages out and not really getting much back because People don't know who you are and they don't know your show and you don't have any branding done and they don't know any guests that have been on your show. There's no reason for them to reply or engage or say yes, because they get a message just like that one yeah. 10 times a day, maybe more than that, depending on the person you're reaching out to. So have some empathy on that side. Don't be like, oh, I can't believe that person ignored me. What a Bunch. what a douche. You know, it's like, well, people are busy, man. Like, and if you've never been that busy, then you you have a tendency to like just start getting really um uh uh cynical about um, people and just like start being like oh nobody wants to spend time with me and they're all they're all mean and yeah, blah, I think blah, they're blah, too and big you, for me yeah. exactly exactly and it's literally just a matter of like you did not prove to them that you would be a good use of their time that's the only thing that they're looking at they're not worried they're not worried about downloads by the way like uh, oh, yeah, that's true. I, i've reached out to hundreds and hundreds of people probably thousands because i've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people so at this point i've probably reached out to thousands of people and uh there, there's a lot of people out there that like will say yes if presented with the right opportunity and they will not ask for your download numbers huh. out of all those thousands of reach outs i've probably had like less than 10 ask me about my numbers yeah. if you do a good enough job building the credibility in the reach out right so like when you guys reached out it was like oh it's the digital marketer podcast I don't have to do any research. Like we have backend data that we pay a lot of money for on podcasts and like what their numbers are. And we usually run it through that when people reach out. I see digital marketer. It's like, oh yeah, like Mark and I never really like met in person or like talked about a bunch of stuff, but like it's a digital market podcast. I know it's credible. I know it's a good use of my time. Let's do it. Um, but for most of the people you reach out to, man, like all you got to do is build in enough credibility in the actual message so that they don't have to re- reach back out and go like, oh, cool. How many downloads do you get? Because yeah. if you're just getting started, it's going to be a really, 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 really low number. And so you want to give them enough reasons to say yes without following up with you, without having to go to Google or asking 35 people. Like the more that you're going to waste their time, the less likely you are to be able to get the interview to happen. And for God's sake, please stop with the pre-interview like <laughs> meetup things. Like I don't know who- Some like people why. love them. I, I can't stand them. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. It's never, I've never had it with any successful shows. Yeah. Zero successful shows have ever asked me to do a pre-interview call. Um, yeah, you're going on the interview. That's why you're yeah, like, <laughs> don't ask me to come on the show. <laughs> like you, you can't reach out to me <laughs> and then like qual and do a qualifying call. Like, bro, I don't have time to do a 20 minute. Hey, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Let's just do a 30 minute talk about it. And then if you don't like it, don't air it. Like it, we're almost using the same amount of time to talk about what we're going to talk about. And then you make me fill out this form that's got like 29 questions and stuff. Like your show gets 300 downloads an episode, dude. Like just make it easy for people to come on the show. Like stop thinking that you're bigger. Like, you know what I mean? People get too big for their britches like so quick. 
Um, yeah, I think people get into the process and they're just like, well, I, I need to do this. I need all this information and I'm the one putting up the podcast. So they should be right. willing to do this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's a oh. fundamental misunderstanding of the value add and a complete sa- lack of self-awareness. Um, it's like, you got to come to the table with some self-awareness, man. That's why like we're, we're committed this year. So we're the, this, you mentioned YouTube earlier. We never did anything on YouTube. We've all yep. done all audio. This year is the first year we're ever doing anything on YouTube. And we made a commitment. Like we're doing all of our interviews in person. Wow. Anybody that will allow us to do in person, we will do in person this year. So we have a couple right now that'll be Zoom, but we're releasing two a week, all in-person interviews. Wow. So we're doing a ton of like, we're, tra- we're we're traveling out to people. Like we're making it as easy as possible. Again, it would be easier for me if I could just fly them to Vegas. But a lot of these people are have much bigger brands than I have. So like, I don't expect them to take time out of their day to come see me. Like you're already saying yes to my show. I will come to your house with my equipment, <laughs> with my setup. You can just like stretch, wake up in the morning, get your morning coffee and I'll be there within an hour. We'll sit down, have a conversation. I'll pack up all my stuff and leave and let you go on without like the rest of your day. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it's my job to make it as easy as possible for people who don't have a ton of time to give me some of it. That's, that's such a huge point. And I think, you know, going into all of podcasting with the perspective of like the guest first, like just think of. You personally, because I know I get hit up a bunch on a bunch of channels and randomly I'll see a message and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Like whatever. And it's, it has nothing to do with even the podcast show. It's just timing with hitting me up at the right moment on the right platform. And so even with the outreach that you're talking about, like, even if you've done it before with the same person, like keep on going, or, you know, what you could do is go onto all of their social channels subscribe to all of them, like a few posts, make a few comments, and now you're already on their radar. And then you ask them to be in the show. They're like, get on their radar, man. Yeah. You know how I got, um, I got Ed Milet for the first time. So now, um, you know, it's not like we're best friends or anything, but, um, sure. you know, I have his number and we text every once in a while. I'm just very sparing when I, you know, uh, feel like I have some value to offer. Um, the first time I ever interviewed him, I was listening to him on Lewis Howe's podcast there. And I just posted on Instagram about it, just shared the content and said, tagged both of them and said like, Hey, this is great stuff. Both of them like hearted the, 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 the message or like gave me, shot me a thumbs up or something or said, thanks for the share, like something like that. But what happens is when anybody responds, they accept you into their primary inbox on Instagram. So you're no longer in their message requests. So to your point, listen to their content, listen to their podcast, comment on their stuff, put yourself on their radar, get into their primary inbox, and then send a reach out. And don't send a just text reach out. I'd always do video. Yeah. If I do text, it's a combination of video and text because I don't want to send them a four minute video that they have to watch. Like I'll send them a 30 second video, a 20 second video, and then follow up with a bunch of, uh, of, of text on like how to get it scheduled. But I want them to see, first of all, that I have a cool microphone and I have a decent background and I know what I'm saying on camera. Like I'm, I'm presenting myself, my communication ability during that interview to let them know that I'm somebody that's serious, that's worth taking seriously. Look, look. Um, so that was how I first got them, dude, was exactly what you're saying. It's just like, listen to and engage on their content, tag them and stuff, let them know that you're a proponent of what they're doing. And then if you get into that primary inbox, shoot them a quick video. Thanks so much for making this content. I love this piece about X, Y, Z. Um, I, you know, told, I sent it to my team as soon as I heard it, because I know we need to implement that, uh, real quick. I, w- I do have a show it's called X, Y, Z. 
um, you know, I, I'll, I'd love to bring you out sometime. I'll drop some more info below this video. And then that's when I get to my name dropping and every, you know, listings, like oh, name dropping. So annoying. Yeah, it is. Annoying, <laughs> uh, but I'm that guy. I'm just, I'm, I'm that guy because it work. It just works. Yeah. You know, people want to associate with other good people. So if I can prove that I'm somebody that's, that most people are, are willing to associate with. And again, it makes them, it makes them get to the decision faster. And okay. that's the only thing that matters is their time. And you have to be respectful of people's time, man. Or, or like if you if you're one of the people that just takes people's time for granted, you, you'll never be able to hang out with really highly successful people because that's like they understand that time is our most important asset to it to our, to their core. Oh, yeah. like they understand it more than anybody else in the world. No, that's such a good point. Well, and with the name dropping too, is it's it's a compliment to the person that you're asking to be on the show because it says, sure. like, "Hey, Shaq." I had Shaq on. Could you please come on the show? And they'll be like, "Whoa, yeah. you put me up with Shaq. That's cool." Yeah. I was just the verbiage. I'd love, uh, I'd love to add you to this lineup, or I'd love to add you to the lineup. Um, and I feel like it kind of gives that feeling of like, oh, you're platforming me along with all of these other, you know, these other people who I've never even met. You know what I mean? So um, it it gives me gives me that that small advantage. But if you're like I said, if you haven't interviewed Shaq, start with what you got. Because when I started, I didn't have anything. And I just asked a ton of people. And then finally, one or two really high-level people said yes. You know what I mean? And then the next time I reached out to a high-level person, I got to reference those one or two that said yes. And that one was a little bit easier to get on. Uh And then the next one was a little bit easier to get on. And the next one was a little bit easier to get on. And this is happening over like a three-year time period. And, you you know, until, until like recently, all I really have to do is like look at that person, who look who that person follows on Instagram. And then I list out all of the people that I've interviewed, who they follow. And it ends up being a list of like 18 people because I've been doing it for so long at this point. And that's just like, I, I tell a lot of my students, it's just like, it's a, it's a slap in the face of credibility. It's like, uh, they're looking at their inbox and like, oh yeah, somebody asked me to come on their podcast again, you know, wonder if this one's any good. And they read the whole list and it's just like a, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Here you go. credibility, you know, like, I, I need oh, to get like a, I need to invest in a little, like, little credibility hand so I can start <laughs> credibility. tapping people credibility with credibility. Like but, yeah. Um, but yeah, cause people don't know who I am, dude. That That's the bottom line is like, people get so caught up and like, well, they should want to come on my show. And it's like, why? Yeah. You know, like I, I, nobody knows who Travis Chapel is yet. Yes. But yeah. do they know all who all these other people are? Yes, they do. It's just how it works. So like you gotta, you gotta, Take the steps, you know, if you want the result. Well, that's what everybody has done. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned Lewis Howes, and I, I met him back when I was at On It. You know, I think we went to a dinner. Oh, nice! Together. And it was like he's like, I'm Lewis. I'm like, hey, I'm Mark. No idea who you are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst with day dropping though, because I don't. And Lewis is a great uh, a great example, man. Because like, yeah. Lewis was just a dude. Yep. Like he he wasn't famous before. He wasn't like this incredible, you know, really well known guy. Like. He, I, from my knowledge, he was just like, he was selling LinkedIn courses or something at the time and doing webinars. Oh, like he was, he was, a, he was a, you know, online marketer trying to figure out how to stop sleeping on his sister's couch. But now he's Lewis House, and it's not, his celebrity brand didn't come from his ability to sell on webinars. There's a lot of people that can sell on webinars. Frankly, a lot of people that are way better at selling on webinars, wow. like people who make an entire living out of just selling webinars and are, you know, credited by some of the best in the industry to be the best at selling webinars. But a lot of people still haven't heard of those people. Uh-huh. The reason everybody knows Lewis Howes is because he, he, exactly what we're talking about, he figured that out like eight years ago and went after it hard. And now he has this big celebrity brand and he can attract as much business as he wants to attract. 
because he started a podcast and he associated up with really, really high quality people, eventually moving into like the real celebrity world. And that alone had this big enough, powerful draw to his brand where people just started flocking to him. And now he can create whatever he wants to create or whatever he doesn't want to do. He doesn't have to do it. You know, and he's one of those people that if you reach out, you're probably not going to get much of a response because he doesn't have to do anything. And he understands that time's his most valuable asset, you know? So he, he, he did it though. He did it very, very well, very well. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, like you said, he's a perfect example. Just regular guy, digital marketer. I think he was a pro handball player or, you know, when I met him. Uh, yeah. Did a played. I think he played like a year of arena football or something. Yeah. Something after like that, that was when he was broke living on his sister's couch, yep. you know, just like, he's just, he's just a dude yep. that started a podcast, you know, <laughs> it interviewed people and was interested in people and yeah. just shared the information. So it's, you Those know, the one. It Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, those are the ones that give me hope. Because I'm just like, I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I was doing door-to-door sales five years ago to pay my bills. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's my background. I'm not any, anything special, you know, I don't have a real college degree. I don't, you know, I did door-to-door sales for five years. I just started a podcast out of that. And like and anybody the podcast knew is what led into everything else. Well, on the consistency and knowing it's going to happen and, and make, really make changes and, you know, everything that you've done is, is incredible. So no, you're not just a guy anymore. Just a dude, man. <laughs> just a dude. All right. So we got to talk about, okay, why you should have a podcast, uh, kind of getting started on a podcast, how to get some guests. Um, how do you turn it into money? Cause I think that's the other big yeah. question, especially with marketers, business owners, like what's the point? How can I ROI this effort. So there's the traditional way, which is sponsorships, affiliate partnerships, all that stuff. But I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're probably educated enough to know that that's the way that most people do it. So I'll talk about the way that other people don't know and a way that probably a lot of marketers would, would use to, to drive much better results. And, um, I, uh, we, we, we just call it basically biz dev. It's, it's podcast biz dev, um, or appointment setting. And the idea is your best prospects, if you're in the B2B space, your best prospects are probably not going to click on your Facebook ad most of the time, unless you're like, that's your thing, right? Like if you're Billy Jean, you're running Facebook ads, like you're probably going to get some good clicks from B2B people because like your Facebook ads guy on a Facebook ad and they're clicking because they liked your ad and they respect your ad skills. And they, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's rare cases where this might not be true, but um, for most people, like if you're looking B2B prospecting, you got to get creative with it. And, uh, to me, the, the, the thing that, the thing that allows you to drive uh, conversion is one really, really important word and that's trust. And the only way to build trust is, is through time. Like really that's like the, the core of what it is. You can borrow trust from a referral right? Like you can build a good referral program. And then if this person that that person already trusts says that you're credible, then you get to borrow some trust, but you still don't earn the trust with that person unless you deliver on what that person said that you could do for the other person. Does that right. make sense? So like the only real way to build trust with somebody is time. Like you have to be able to spend time with people, which is another reason to have a show because people can spend time with, again, people, somebody's spending time with me right now while we're talking. Somewhere else in their car and at the gym, they're listening to my voice for an hour, hour, maybe, maybe more than that. If they're on a drive or something, that's another reason to have content, Uh but ultimately you have to build trust with somebody. And how do you build trust if you don't know them? And so the, what most people do is they send out LinkedIn cold DMS, you know, they send out, uh, they do a lot of cold email prospecting. 
Um, you start with some of these, uh, some of these outreach methods, which all work. I'm not here to talk trash on that. I was a door-to-door sales guy. Okay. I'm all for cold <laughs> stuff. I know it still works. Okay. Um, you can, you can not cold reach outs all you want, but there's a lot of people making a lot of money doing cold stuff all the time. But if there was another way that also allowed you to build connection, create content, grow competency, um, uh, do all the things we talked about earlier, improve communication, but it also allowed you to connect with your ideal prospects, that would be podcasting. So to me, the best way to do it is like, instead of sending your cold LinkedIn DM to your ideal prospect, you still start the same way. You still, you still structure a list. Like who are the people that I want to do business with in whether it's a affiliate or for referral partnership, somebody with a, you know, tangential offer that would complement your offer suite or, uh, or your exact ideal customer for, for your, your company, your software, your offer, your product, your service, whatever, build out that list. But instead of sending them a cold DM and saying like, Hey, can I show you how we can improve your conversion by 32% using this method? Blah, blah, blah. Here's a training. Like nobody that is actually like an actual decision maker at a eight figure business is like looking at their cold DMs on LinkedIn going like, finally, someone that can help oh, me increase conversions. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't even looking for this. <laughs> like nobody's doing that. So, uh, so change that reach out to, Hey, I have a podcast about how to improve conversions. I'd love to talk to you on the show sometime about how you have been able to do that in your business. We respect, you know, such and such company. You guys have grown by such and such amount, you know, show that you did a little bit of research, show that you're a little bit of a fan and be like, we'd love to bring you on the podcast sometime to talk about this. <clears throat> now, what do you think is going to happen to your response rate if you change your reach out to that versus a regular generic cold outreach that everybody else is using? It's going to go up significantly. Like I, I'd be, I'd be curious to see if anybody implements this and tracks it and t like, tell me the percentage. Cause it's going to be a lot. The idea is like your, your foot in the door has to be something that again, makes it easy for people to say yes, it's different and it's easy to say yes to. So after you get them on now, the, 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 the challenge is basically volume. Can you interview enough people in a month to be able to create business out of it? Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to turn into the interview salesperson because well, I've been on shows like this where this, this is their core strategy and all they do is this. And then when they get you on the interview, they're trying to sell you the whole time. And it's like, okay, well, this is clear that you just didn't, you didn't actually, you weren't actually interested in my expertise. You just want to sell me something. And that's just a turn off. Well, so you can't be that guy. It still has to be like the core reason you're doing this is to create content and to just get your foot in the door with the relationship, build rapport with the person. That's the only goal. Foot in the door, build rapport. That's all you need to do. When you bring them on the show, like me and you now, Mark, like if we see each other in person, you know, we go to Traffic Inversion or any of these other big conferences or some mastermind somewhere, like Mark, and you'd be like, Travis, and be like, oh, cool. We talked to each other for a while. Like what a, you know, like we have this like connection now, right? Because we're talking on a podcast. So what I do is we do this, uh, what I teach my clients, and we've had a lot of success with this, is I teach my clients like just insert a ninja ad script before you start to the interview. So what happens is when you jump on a podcast interview, before the record buttons hit, you usually have a little bit of banter back and forth. Once you hit the record button, what you're going to do is read an ad to your audience before you introduce the guest. So I'd be like, hey, everybody, what's going on today? We have uh, Mark DeGrasse on. Mark's the host of the Digital Marketer Podcast. We're going to talk a lot about how, how uh, digital marketers use podcasting in their business to help increase uh, their sales and their conversions. But first, really quickly... If you are a uh, if you are a podcaster or you're a marketer 
and you're in the space and you are just struggling with how to grow your show or monetize your audience, um, then head over to travischapelcom slash whatever. We put together this free resource where uh, you know, we, we, have this, uh, we have this free strategy call that we do uh, for folks just like you who are just struggling to get to the, the stage of your podcasting journey that you really want to get to. Um, so if you want one of the free strategy calls with one of our coaches, travischapelcom slash coaching, go and fill out this full form and uh, we'll talk to you over there. Mark, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. I'm going to do that whole live read on the interview while I'm talking to the person. That's huge. And I'm going to call them out as the avatar, typically. So if I'm talking to a real estate investor, I'm like, if you're a real estate investor and you're looking to raise more capital for your syndicate or for your fund, and you're just not sure what's going on with your ability to raise that money, well, we have an entire program that will teach you how to use a podcast to raise millions of dollars for your fund. So go to travshabble.com slash, you know, whatever, real estate. And uh, have a quick call with me and my team. See if that's something that we could uh, that we could set up for you. Hey, what's up, real estate investor guy? Let's talk about real estate investing. Wow. And what will happen is uh, if you do enough of these interviews, by the end of the interview, you've built enough rapport. They obviously trust you to a certain extent. You've 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 had some conversations. At the end of it, they're going to go, "Hey, man, you said something at the beginning of the show about uh, raising <laughs> money through podcasting. Um, what like what can you like tell me a little bit more about that?" And what I'll always do is I'll say, yeah, and, and I'll answer one or two questions. But then at the end of it, I'll go, and now I know this, that's not what this, you know, this interview is for at all. Obviously, we just want to have a conversation. Um, but what we can do is I have some availability on Monday. Uh, so if, it, or, or, you know, today's Thursday. So I have, some, I have some availability tomorrow at like 9 a.m. You want to just hop on a call and talk about, see if we can help you out. Like now, that's a sales call. We've moved it into like, okay, you, are, you can officially enter our pipeline because you've raised your hand and said, that sounds like a service I might be interested in. It's not me forcing it on you. It's not me like seeding it throughout the entire conversation in an annoying way that's going to turn you off as a as not only a prospect but also a friendship. Well, like it's not going to do any of that. It's going to uh, uh, raise your interest enough, build rapport enough where if that is a problem that you're experiencing, why would you not trust me to have the the solution to that problem at this point? So we set up a call, but now that's officially a sales call. So on that call, I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive and be like, okay, well, is this something you want to do? And, and you get into actual your sales scripts or whatever, you can enter into the pipeline. So uh, we've had great success with that. We've had a lot of real estate investor clients that have raised literally $10, 15000000 million doing this. Um, we've had people uh, sell tens of thousands of dollars in their coaching programs and their uh, agency services using this exact method. The, the scalable piece is then bringing on a host for your show Whoa. that can do this 30 times a month. That's really where it starts getting scalable. It's like, well, let's, you know, we, we have this one where I do an interview a week, but yeah, like we're not getting a ton of volume in on that. So we're, we're closing a client a month on it. But if we're interviewing 30 people a month, now like you have an, you have an appointment setter that's really just a podcast interviewer that's creating content for your company that you can batch and put everywhere that you're, that, that, that you're on social. And you'll probably walk away with 10 prospects out of the 30 that he interviews or she interviews and gets put on a calendar. And then your closer is going to have a really high close rate on those 10 calls. You know what I mean? So it's just the idea that like you got to get your foot in the door with the people that, uh, that, that are ideal prospects for you. And then you need to build rapport with them as much as you can. And then stay in contact. If there's somebody that's like, if they're one of the people that just doesn't care and they don't ask and they don't follow up, cool. You jump off the interview. Either way, we got really great content. And that was the initial reason for the for the reach out anyway, is that yeah. I respected what they've done. We got some great content out of it. It's going to be really beneficial for my audience. Boom, done. But in six months, what I'm going to do and what I do do is I, uh, I host a dinner here in Vegas, like once every six months or so. 
And I invite out all of the previous guests that I've had on my show, as well as other notable people in my network, investors of mine in my company, um, uh, uh, high-level clients that I have in my agency. I invite all of them to a dinner in Vegas just for connection and introduce them to a bunch of other cool people. And it gets us back on the radar again. But they're a lot more likely to come with that, come to that because we had a conversation on a podcast a while ago. And then if that's still a problem of theirs, while we're at the dinner, I'm introducing myself. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Travis. A lot of you know me, but just if you don't know what I do, you know, we have this agency where we help people uh, grow their podcast audience and, uh, and develop business from a podcast. So if you have any questions on that, come chat with me. And then that person might convert seven months down the road Whoa. and they're your ideal B2B prospect. But it's, it's like this relationship-based, content-based networking and business development that, with, that uses a podcast and interview podcast as like the cornerstone of continuing to develop your name and your brand inside of the industry. Man, that, you just gave like a hundred tips right there. And I, I'm definitely stealing that, putting the ad at the very start that's relevant to the guest because that is genius. And also yeah. I want to go to that dinner because that sounds pretty cool. Anyway. I'm on ahead, bro. <laughs> February February 16th or 17th or uh, something. We might be shooting shooting content there, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, start- those are fantastic tips. And and the way that you just like phrased it makes so much sense. And I think a lot of people, you know, just from hearing that one segment would be like, yeah, I should be doing a podcast. Like it's kind of ridiculous. I'm not doing a podcast. And you are. You are ridiculous for not doing a podcast. <laughs> it's so easy. You were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> you were, oh, you know, I, I always compare it to you know, our content certification. Like I break it down the three pillar pieces of content. It's articles, it's videos, and it's podcasting. And I've come out and said like, hey, the easiest thing that you could get into in terms of volume production is podcasting. Like it just, yep. it's just so easy compared well, to- Well, especially because- the other two things, the videos and articles can come from a podcast. Exactly. It's a lot less likely that you're going to pull a really good podcast episode from an article that you wrote yeah. than it is to be able to pull a really good blog article from an ep- from a podcast episode that you created. Exactly. Yeah. If we convert what you, everything you just said into an article, it would be like a 3000 yep. word, like 50 tip piece. It'd be. Yeah. And oh. you can, and you can take that, like you guys would be able to take that, put it on your stuff and then tag me. And I would go, oh, that's epic. Digital marketer put together this awesome article. I'm going to go ahead and share that to my list. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, like, even if, even if Joe Schmo doesn't say, I want to be a, a customer of yours, but you take their episode and you create killer content, they're going to start taking it and being like, oh, this is a great blog. Can I, can I use that? Can I steal that? Like, we have people ask us that all the time now, man. It's like, hey, can I, can, can you share the full episode with me so that I can post it on my podcast? Is that okay? Like, we get like 20,000 listeners an no. episode. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead and post this to your 20,000 listeners. You know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead and send this to your 150,000 person email list or go ahead and collab with me on Instagram to your 900,000 followers. And we get 200,000 views on a video that if we would have posted it, it might have gotten 7,000 views. But since they posted it and then added us as a collaborator, we got almost 200,000 views. You know what I mean? Like, you just just do the interviews, man. Do the interviews. <laughs> just do the interviews. We meet all the time anyways. Just yeah. do, more, do a couple more meetings a week. And yeah, you, oh, I guess going exactly, well, Travis. I think you know that, that was gold. I think your service is awesome. I think your your progression from how you built it is fantastic, and your ability to kind of cultivate this awesome playlist of content is phenomenal. So appreciate you. Thank you so much. Where pe- can people sign up or learn more about you? Yeah, if you go to uh, uh, any podcast app you're listening to right now, listen to Travis Makes Friends. Just search Travis Makes Friends and uh, uh, give us a quick rating review. Give us a quick listen. Um, if you want to reach out to me about working with us, just send me an email, travis at travischapel.com. Just mention Digital Marketer in the uh, 
uh, subject line and let me know if, what you're looking to do. You know, we get people booked on podcasts. We do like podcast tours. We help people launch podcasts. We help existing podcasts market their podcasts. Any, I mean, anything in the podcasting space, our agency does. And then we have our software guestio that matches guests to podcasters for you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Travis. Uh, really appreciate it. And for the listeners out there, if you hear an ad that's relevant to the guest next time, you could thank Travis for that because that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarket.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.